0: Music monkeys what's up old uncle silverback here with you on the arm day podcast today is sunday it's the second of december 2012 now before i jump into the uh, main part of the show today let's go ahead and get our contact info out of the way if you'd like to contact the show a couple different ways to do so you can use our voicemail which is 206-745-APE1-APE1-206-745-2731 You can go over to the website, which is thearmedape.com, and you can click on the send voicemail tab, and you can use your computer to send me up to a 10-minute voicemail, and that'll once you hit send, it it ships it right over to me. You can also record your own WAV file or an MP3 and email that to me, or you can just go ahead and uh, type out the old email for me, and I will read that out for you on the air. And the address to send that stuff is thearmedape at gmail.com, all one word, thearmedape at gmail.com all right let's go ahead and jump in with what i wanted to talk about today and that was hand tools now a while back i did a show where i I talked a little bit about you know that you should have some hand tools because if the power goes out if you've all you have is an electric drill or you have a uh, maybe a circular saw but it runs off electricity or if it runs off electricity using a battery if the power is down for, uh, you know, for three or four weeks, and you had something to where your home was damaged, and you needed to do some repairs, do you have number one? Do you have this, the the tools that would allow you to do that? And number two, do you have the skill in using those? Uh, it's a lot different using having to. Uh, rip a piece of plywood with a hand saw than it is using the old the, the circular saw especially you know where you could clamp something to it and you can get like a nice straight cut and and uh, it, it's super super quick. Also you know if you do have the hand tools do you know how to maintain them? Do you know uh, what's a good quality one versus you know maybe one that's kind of shitty? So what I'd like to do is get some feedback from you guys on what do you guys think are some of the essential hand tools that you actually need? Um, and what are some of the ones that you think are some good quality ones without that you could get without having to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars? You know, when I was a kid, my my dad had a, a tool chest, and most of the stuff in the tool chest was hand tools. There were very little power tools in there you know we had a couple electric drills and things like that but you know he had a uh, um, what I would call like a full size crosscut saw and a rip saw he had you know both kinds and for those of you guys that don't know that the, the full size one would be oh about two and a half three feet long and a, a, a crosscut saw what that does is it helps the way that the teeth are and how they're formed it helps you to cut across the grain on a board. And then a rip saw, what that lets you do is it lets you cut with the grain so you could cut uh, a board down its length, uh, you know, so to speak. If we're thinking of like a 2x4 a or a 2x6 or something like that and you needed to cut, you know, part of it down. Um, we also had like coping saws and we had, uh, uh, oh, they were called a, a brace or a hand drill sometimes where you have basically kind of like the knob on top and then you crank it and uh, you have the bits. So I've got a couple of those, um, of the hand drills. And one of them I got from my father-in-law. One of them I got from my cousin. He had gone to a yard sale where a guy was just, he had a bunch of these, uh, um, older hand tools. And so he got them all for like, you know, five bucks or something, just a huge box of this stuff. So I ended up getting another hand drill. I got a bunch of files, I got um, all for free, of course. I got a, what else did I get? Um, Oh, a bunch of uh, uh, bits that actually go into the hand drills. So what I wanted to talk about today was some of the things that I think are essential. And then I also want to recommend uh, a couple of um, different shows where you can go online and get a sense of kind of how to use some of this stuff years ago they used to have on the regular pbs channel they had the uh, the woodwright shop with roy underhill and i think it was up until maybe oh in the late 90s they had it pretty regular on on the pbs stations and then that sort of has kind of gone away now you know let me take a little bit of an aside here talking about tv and and all that jazz um one of one of the, the listeners to the show who used to do a lot of uh, feedback, and I hope he's still listening, hope things are going well for him, was Brad. And one of the things he had talked about that he was going to do was that they were going to get rid of either cable or satellite, whichever they had, and then they were going to go and try and just buy things kind of a la carte and sort of see, oh, which thing kind of worked out better for him. And for us, and I think I've talked about this on the show before, our contract uh, with our satellite provider is going to be up this month. So what I'm trying to look in at and, and doing a little bit of research on is the amount of money that I spend. If I, if I add up that, you know, per month, would I be better served by either getting rid of satellite or going to maybe just like a very bare bones, uh, bare bones thing so that I get like local channels and I still get to keep my, uh, DVR box or would I be better served and just getting rid of it altogether, buying a HD antenna and buying my own aftermarket DVR box. Now I don't know, I guess they make them. I haven't really looked into it yet. But do any of you guys have any experience with that? Because there's still a lot of stuff that comes on like the regular TV that we would like to record. Most of the stuff that we watch, we usually we usually either watch through... We're getting the DVDs from Netflix or we got the streaming. Now, we did both and that's basically like $17 a, a month or something. Which for us, for the amount of stuff that we watch through that, is, is well worth the money. Uh, but I'm thinking... You know, should I do something um, like Hulu uh, Hulu Plus? I know that you still kind of get the commercials with that. Do you really get a lot more? Does anybody out there have that and and have had experience with that? Uh, has anybody had any experience with the HD antennas? And is there are they all kind of about the same, or is there one that I sh- that's a good quality one? So, if you guys have had any experience with any of that stuff. Um, let me know. And the reason that I kind of was thinking about that, uh, about the TV stuff is I went online and looked at the, the Woodwright shop with, uh, Roy Underhill where, you know, he does things in a traditional manner and uses basically all the old hand tools and everything. So again, that's one of the things, uh, that you can go and look at and kind of as a, use as a source of information, uh, he talks about the different planes. Everything that he uses is, is human powered. So if he has a lathe, he's got the lathe, but it, he, it's a foot powered lathe, that type of stuff. And, uh, and also you can go online and you can watch some of the episodes, probably not all of them. The quality isn't as good, of course, as if you were watching it on, on regular TV, but at least you get a sense of it. Um, but anyway, when the show was on all the time, I always got a kick out of it He would kind of, you know, kind of. sometimes he would go down a little bit of a rabbit hole Or he'd get a little too uh, ahead of himself Go a little bit fast for the show because he's trying to do it But he was actually a very competent And uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He was a craftsman, basically Uh, A really good woodworker So uh, anyway, kind of getting back to the TV thing And then we'll get back to the tools what I noticed when I went online is they're saying that it, when you get those HD antennas, I guess, with, a, for lack of a better term, the bandwidth. So out here in the Phoenix area, it's channel 8 is the PBS. So they've got like a channel 8, and then you've got channel 8.1, 8.2, 8.3. And I guess he's on one of those sub-channels. I, you know, I don't know. Um, so we're again, we're thinking about just going with that. And then if I can get a good... D, uh, a separate kind of DVR box, something that would work, that would let us still record stuff, uh, and the mo because I think I think we're gonna come out ahead by maybe just getting rid of it all together and going that route. And, and you know, there's no big risk to it. I mean, if it if it turns out that we just didn't like it, I can always go back. You know, so that's not that big a deal, but I would like if, if some of you guys out there do have some experience with that and, uh, what are some of the pluses and minuses and things like that, that, that you've experienced with that. So, uh, let's see, we're talking a little bit of, okay, let's get back on the hand tools and stuff like that. So uh, again, I think, you know, some of the stuff that you need to have, you need to have a good hammer, good quality hammer, and most people have a hammer out there, but you know, don't just have a little teeny tiny like ball peen hammer that you just use to occasionally nail in the LN stuff. Go out and get a good framers hammer. Get a um, a good um, a good quality set of chisels. Uh, get some, and, and by that, you know, again, it seems like with most of the tool steel you know, you can probably find some stuff that's pretty good. I've got, again, I've gotten some stuff. I used to go to antique shops, uh, and I still do occasionally. Sometimes you can find some really good buys and some good tools there. Uh, A lot of times, though, the yard sales are going to be the best place uh, that you can find some of this stuff because people... Let's say they got their grandpa's toolbox or their dad's old toolbox, and they're just like, you know, I don't ever use this stuff, and they just want to get rid of it. So sometimes you can find some really good bargains on that, and you can find some good quality stuff. Um, also, things like I think that if if you were gonna have to do stuff where it was, again, we're gonna kind of go way down in the rabbit hole where it's, you know, it's like a total shit hit the fan situation, and, and power's not gonna come back on for a long time. Uh, or if you had to bug out to a separate location, maybe you're at a location where there isn't power, or or you've got a few solar panels, but not enough to really run your power tools type thing. Um, so having the ability to use these tools and do things with them, these hand tools, is going to help you out, especially you know if you're in a, in a remote area. I I had some friends that had a cabin where it was all remote. They had no power at all. Zero. And there, in fact, there was no, they kind of had running water. Um, but not really. <laughs> it was a gravity feed thing, but, uh, the way they had it set up it eh, wasn't that great. But anyway, up there, I mean, if you don't have, if you don't have uh, hand tools and, and things like that, you're screwed. Uh, also, you know, you need to think about things like uh, good, a, a good, especially if you're going to be out in the woods, a good felling axe. You know, a lot of times I watch a lot of these videos where people talk about, oh, they're going to bug out and they're going to do this and they're going to do that. And you look at, at their kits that they're making. And a lot of their times their plans are they're going to go off into the woods. And so they'll have things like a tarp, they'll have a, you know, a good bushcraft knife, they might have a halfway decent uh, woods axe or a hatchet. Um, and then they have you know 14 different ways to make fire which is good I mean and they have you know all this other stuff that uh, in in these huge uh, medical kits and they have you know water filters and all this other stuff which is good and and it's a a, it's a good way to do it but the reality is if you had to go out in the woods for more than probably three or four days boy, it's going to get rough. It's going to be really, really hard for you. Now, there are guys like Ray Mears. There are guys like Dave Canterbury and other guys that can go out in the woods and they can stay out there long term. I'm not those guys. I don't have that level of skill. And most of these people that I see on YouTube, they don't have that level of skill. I'm sure there's some guys that listening to the show that you could go out in the woods, you know, with a paper clip and a rubber band and, you know, you could build a suspension bridge, but I'm not, you know, I'm not that guy. And most of the people again that I see on YouTube, they're not that guy either. Uh, but what I've never seen is I've never really seen anybody when they, when they say that they're going to go out there and they're planning to be out there for a long time, they don't, they, they're not really taking any tools. And I had done a video and posted it up on YouTube called uh, the mogion Rim trip. Or on Trip, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, but one of the things I took out there was I, they used to call them a ship's auger or they would call a scotch eyed auger. And basically, what it is, is it's got a, uh, uh, a ring welded up on top of it. And if you do a Google search for scotch eyed auger or ship's auger, you'll see it. And the way that you do it is you, you take a stick and you put it through that ring, and then it turns it into a, a, a nice uh, bit for you. And it, the one that I had was one inch, uh, it would drill a one inch hole. And I took that up, and at the very end, I basically made a little mallet. Um, And I had taken also an old bow saw and stuff like that up there. But if you were really going to have to be out in in the woods for a while, one of the first things that you're going to want to do is you're going to want to start to build a more permanent shelter, not just some crummy lean-to, but you're going to want to actually build maybe a small, uh, if you can, a small cabin. You're going to want to build things like... uh, uh, a, a chair. You're going to want to build a table. You're going to, and, and you're not going to be able to do that with a Mora knife. You're not going to be able to do that with a bow saw and a, you know, a a, a, a Wetterling's forest axe. You need things like chisels. You need things like those drills and the bits and the braces and stuff like that. So um, I was thinking about maybe making a trying to make a a bug out toolkit that I would want to take and things that I would want to have out if I had to go out and be out in the woods for a long time. And again, this is all kind of just, you know, scenario based and there would be, have to be a lot of factors. Number one, that would make you actually leave your home. But if you had to go out there and this would also make the assumption that you would be able to hopefully drive out there so that you could have a lot of these tools and supplies in your truck. That would go with you. So, uh, anyway, like I said, if you guys can give me some feedback on what you think are some good tools to have. Some what are some of the good uh, brand names, or some of the quality tools, or are there people on YouTube that you see that um, have have a, have a channel that deals mainly with the hand tools and going out and doing stuff like that? One another tool that that you don't hear a lot about, but they used to have all the time, was a tool called a fro, an F-O-F-R-O-E, I think it's how it's spelled. And basically what it is, it was a, it was a wedge shape, uh, uh, maybe about 18 inches long. Um, some of them were a little bit longer. And it was a piece of uh, a piece of iron or steel. And then it kind of had a wedge shape to it. And at the end of it, again, it had an eye that was welded on or folded over, and then you would put another, you would put a wooden handle in there. And then what that was used for is it was used primarily for splitting wood. And once you would split the log, it would give you a nice, good, straight split. Then you could take it and kind of split it, and it would give you rudimentary boards that you could then take a hand plane or a block, uh, not a block plane, but a hand plane, and then you could kind of get them down um, that way. So. Uh, and there's there's uh, some videos if you if you if you go on again to YouTube or Google, just fro videos of fro, you'll be able to see people using those. Uh, and a lot of those skills and a lot of those things have been lost. And if you are ever in a, you know a long term grid down situation, if you're the guy that knows how to use a lot of those hand tools, you're going to be in demand. You know if you're a guy who you can say, well, I know how to make, you know, kind of like the, I I can make furniture without having to use, uh, nails. I can, uh, you know, and and you're using, you know, maybe pegs, which are just basically wooden nails. But if you knew how to, uh, there was a guy I knew years ago when I was in college and he was a furniture maker and he did the Adirondack style. And he had a special, it was a hand brace, but it was a special thing where it was a special, uh, thing. So he could put on the end of the stick, he could put that on there. And it was basically like a big pencil sharpener. And that gave him a good one inch tenon, or he had different sizes. But, and then he, what he would do is he would use drier seasoned wood to have those, uh, the tenons on. And then he would, on, uh, on, on the pieces of wood where that would go into, he would use greener wood, or wood that hadn't dried as much. And he would use those because he could put those in and have a good fit And then as the other piece of wood dried, as the greener piece of wood dried, it would shrink up on that tenon and it would form a very, very tight joint. So you you didn't need, um, it took pre-planning and everything, but you didn't need a lot of glue when you didn't need a lot of uh, uh, mechanical fasteners and things like that. So anyway, I'm kind of babbling on. So let's draw this portion of the show to a close. It's time to whip out my pimp cane and beat some knowledge into your heads. So listen up, motherfuckers. Now, I haven't done this part of it in a long time where I've just kind of been remiss about talking about different podcasts or different books or TV shows and things like that that I've been watching. And uh, so I'm going to lay down some knowledge on you guys. I've got a couple recommendations for some good horror podcasts that I like to listen to. Uh, And before I jump in with that... There's also uh, uh, the podcast that I always like to mention uh, when I remember to do it, which is, of course, the B-movie cast, which is, I love a lot of the old B-movies and the bold movies from the 30s, 40s, and 50s and all that kind of stuff and exploitation movies and all that kind of jazz. I'm a big fan of those. Uh, so again, that's the B-movie cast. And that's hosted by Nick Brown and uh, Vince Rotolo is the, the guy that uh, started it. Uh, Nick also has uh, some books which are uh what are they called? the uh, blood curse so if you if you um go over to his site and I'll I'll put a uh I'll put a link to his site and to his books he's got uh, uh they're really interesting books where one of them is about kind of like it's say uh it, it, in this world, magic works, and there's things like, you know, werewolves and this and that. And then this one guy is a werewolf, and he's also kind of like a private investigator type dude. So they're actually really interesting, very interesting books and well written. So, um, like I said, I'll put a link over on show number 62 today. But getting back to the podcast, there is uh, the guys over at uh, the Corpse Cast Horror Podcast. And that's hosted by uh, Mike and Shane. And they have an interesting thing they do. Um, their shows are longer. So they're about anywhere from two and a half to three hours long. So they're good if you're at work and you need something to help kind of pass the time. But what they do is they have an interesting format. They've got stuff where they'll do listener feedback and then they'll talk about uh, a different musical a different musical group. And th- Oops, sorry about that. And then they'll talk about a... Um, a different movie And sometimes they'll do A couple of movies Sometimes they'll only do one uh, And they go into In-depth about those stuff So it's a real interesting format I enjoy it uh, Also There is Kruger Nation Horror Podcast Which is done by A guy named Johnny Krug And uh, He Is just him Doing the podcast He is uh, Since I do a solo podcast I have a A spot In my heart For people that do them And kind of do everything On their own but I'd recommend his. He's. I also got another soft spot for the guy because he, like me, uh, kind of puts out the shows when he can. You know, uh, much like myself, I'd love to be able to put out you know this show every week and a, a Firearms Cafe post uh, podcast every week as well. But I find that I, it, I I just can't do it. I'd love to be able to though, and uh, he's sort of the same thing. But uh, again, both of those shows, if you like horror movies, and if you like stuff that uh, some of the music. That's, uh, sometimes you would call it maybe horror, horror punk or horror related music. Uh, if you like that type of stuff. Uh, now both of these, um, these last podcasts that I mentioned, they are adult in, in language and stuff. So this is not something that you're going to play for your 10 year old as you're driving them to school or, you know, driving down the road on vacation or something like that. But, uh, again, if you don't mind a little bit of the occasional naughty language and naughty talk, uh, which I occasionally do here as well, but then those are going to be good shows for you. Um, we have been watching through, through Netflix. We've been watching, and we've got the disc, Game of Thrones. we got the, uh, the first season. Now, I've read the first book, and I'm starting on the second book, uh, which is, I think, uh, I don't remember. The first book was Game of Thrones. The second book is, I think, A Clash of Kings, and so I'm starting on that, and I'm reading that through my Kindle. Uh, now I didn't buy them. What I did is I went through the library and got them that way. But the thing that sucks about it is, you can't on, on something that's really pretty popular. At, at least how it works here, uh, you you go and you um, you've got your you know your account through the, your library card that you've got, and then once you hook into the internet through either through the USB. On your Kindle or through the wireless, you can then down. They can they'll send them to you. you download that book. Well, the first book is like what seven, eight hundred pages, something like that. But they only give you fourteen days. And on stuff that's really popular, you're not going to be able to read. At least I'm not going to be able to read seven hundred or eight hundred pages in fourteen days. And if you keep your wireless on, or if you you're hooking up to the internet a lot of times through your USB. Uh, cable. After those 14 days, it automatically deletes it. And it's not like, and so anyway, what I do is, um, and then what you'd have to, to, to be able to re sort of check that book out. They don't let you check them out again. Uh, you can't just renew it. I guess I should say, you have to let it turn back in, delete off your device. And then you, if it's a real popular book, you have to kind of go back on the wait list. And you would think, well, they're digital copies. Why can't they just loan out however many? What they do is, I guess, with the licensing is, let's say, again, on Game of Thrones, let's say maybe they have 30 copies that they're able at a time to say that they've got out. And they have to do that, I guess, probably through um, uh, through the licensing contract that they have. So what happens is on something that's real popular, you can have, uh, a couple of times I've had books that I've been, there's been like 250 people on the wait list in front of me. And so what happens is, let's say if you'd read about, you know, halfway through the, whatever book you've got, and then your 14 days is up, it auto deletes it. If you've got your Wi-Fi on, or if, or the next time you hook up to, uh, to maybe download some other books and then you have to go back on that wait list. But what I found is, is that if you, once you've got the book on your device, after that 14 days, if you don't have your wireless on, or if you don't hook back up and go back to the site, it doesn't auto delete it, which means that you can you can take a little bit longer time, and it's not like that you've got a book and you've kept that book. Um, they can still uh, let's say that if you've got your digital copy that you've kept on your um, on your Kindle or your Nook or whatever you've got, and that fourteen day period comes up, well for them for the library, let's say they had all thirty copies of theirs lent out. And at that 14-day period comes up and you and five other people that 14-day lend period expires for you even though you still have that thing on your Kindle the library then they get those they get those five back in theory that they can then loan out if if that makes sense to you guys but anyway so if you've got a book that you're reading and you're almost done or you're, or you're like only halfway through it and your 14 days comes up. Just don't don't turn your Wi-Fi on or don't go back on the internet with it, and you can at least finish reading it. Uh, especially if it's a real popular book. But anyway, uh, long way around uh, to say that that's what I've been. I've read the first book, Game of Thrones. I'm starting on the second one. I really like it. It's nice um, to be able to, having read the book. Of course, there's gonna you're you obviously have some spoilers and stuff like that. Once you're watching the show, because you know what's going to happen. But for me, it doesn't take out any of the enjoyment of it. And also when my wife are sitting there watching it, she hasn't read the books yet. But when my wife and I are watching that, if she has a question, we can pause the disc and I can say, oh, well, then I can give her and fill her in a little bit of the background. Well, this guy is this such and such a person or that guy is this person. And, and, um, you know, you can tell that these are, you know, the Lannister people because they're wearing red and blah, 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 blah. So, uh, but those are really, really good books, excellent books. Um, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in them. There is a lot of, uh, kind of subplots and, uh, and, and, uh, again, what I like about the book is, you know, people in there die, people in there that you think, oh, this guy, you know, has got uh, a lot of times on TV shows and even in certain books, you know that that person has what they call plot armor. You know that they're not going to be killed off. It's kind of like, uh, or it's like a thing, let's say like Dexter's a good example. You know there's what, six or season sevens of Dexter. So you know that if you're watching season four and there's a thing where maybe he gets captured or something like that, you know there's five, six, and seven, you know, there's other seasons coming down the pipe. So you know he's not going to die. Uh, Because he's got plot armor and you also know that in the uh, In the course of the series That he's probably not That that guy is the one guy who's not going to get really killed off Um, So with some of that stuff a lot of times you have to sort of You know kind of suspend your disbelief there for a little bit on that Uh, But that's another show where where, um, I've got I think season six of Dexter coming up That we're going to watch uh, I've got that kind of next up on the Netflix queue. I've also got. Um, let me pull it up here. Uh, what's the other thing that I was gonna was gonna look at um, that we were watching? You know, I can't remember. Once this thing pops up, I'll be able to tell you. But there was a. Uh, oh, what was the name? Oh, um, yeah, I've got it up here. If you guys like um, oh any of any type of like animation or the computer animation, which I'm a big sucker for, I like a lot of the animated stuff. Um, there is, and I, I hope it's going to be pretty good. But there is a, 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 a kind of like a CGI animated thing, and I've got that coming here in the next couple of weeks from uh, uh, from Netflix, which is Star Trek. Ugh, it helps if I can freaking talk, huh? Starship Troopers Invasion um, Which was really pretty uh, Which I enjoyed all the Starship Troopers movies Yeah, they're kind of hokey And they're kind of They're kind of one of those things Where it's sort of like they're B-movies uh, But they're done kind of They're, they're fun to watch You know, you, again You just sort of have to turn your brain off uh, And watch those But like I said I've got uh, season six of Dexter coming up um, There's a couple other movies That uh, my wife thought that I would like She had seen Hannah when she and some of her friends went and saw that. And so I've got that going. She thought that I might like that. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the stuff that, that uh, I've watched lately. That's been really pretty good um, that I've watched in kind of like in the, uh, in the instant queue. And that, you know, that's something with, um, like I said, we've been watching breaking bad uh, through the instant stuff. And uh, we're going to hopefully get caught up on that. I think on the instant thing, they only go... I want to say they only go the first four seasons. I don't know if... um, If on the actual... If on the actual DVDs, if they go longer than than four seasons. I think they've got... uh, the fifth season but i don't i think those are just on dvds i don't think they've got those out yet but anyway that's another show that we really enjoy which is uh breaking bad and uh, anyway i think i've kind of rambled on long enough uh again i hope to hear from you guys soon let me know uh, again if you've got shows that you like if you've got movies or books or th- that you're interested in or things that you think other people would get a uh, would enjoy watching Also on the hand tools, what are things that you've had experience with or what are some of the things that you think that people would need? And again, we'll kind of play the game and do like in in a long term grid down situation where maybe that would be your skill set that you would be able to offer. Because some people out there think, well, man, I can't, you know, I don't know how to do this or I don't know how to do that or, you know, what skill would I provide to a community once, if things were having to start to kind of rebuild. And if you knew a lot about hand tools, how to service them, how to use them, um, you know, that, that could be a skill set that you could bring that maybe a lot of other people wouldn't have. All right, monkeys, I will draw a close. I will. Oh man, I can't fucking talk today. I will draw it to a close and I will talk to you guys next time. He's got a monkey scrotum and he's bragging about it.